2: city's source for business and investing news. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Russian President Putin has warned that any third-party declaration of a no-fly zone would be considered what he calls participation in the armed conflict. Meanwhile, a Russian declared ceasefire to evacuate residents from two cities in Ukraine, Quickly fell apart today. Ukrainian officials blame Russian shelling as Moscow continued to tighten its grip. Meanwhile, the WHO Europe Regional Director Hans Kluge says they do expect refugees coming in from Ukraine will be in worse and worse health as time goes on.
3: As the military conflict is escalating, the profile of the refugees will change. And we will see much more vulnerable people who will be arriving basically only with clothes on the body.
2: And hypothermia is also an issue for many of those evacuees trying to cross the border into neighboring countries like Poland. This is SRN News.
4: Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the marines.
5: You know, things are beginning to look a little bit brighter, and not just because the days are getting longer and a little bit warmer, but because we have some hope that things are beginning to open back up and people getting back to work. But with all that, there still is some uncertainty with the economy, with inflation, gas prices, and one of the best things you can do to help protect your family is make sure your home is protected and get rid of some of that big credit card debt. Do a debt consolidation loan with United Faith Mortgage. Hi, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage, and right now, they can help take some Of that uncertainty out of your future by making sure you have the best mortgage possible, whether it's a new home, a debt refinance, and right now interest rates are still pretty low and you can lock in. The nice thing about United Faith Mortgage is they work with a direct lender, which means no middleman, and this advantage often allows you to get a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. Be certain about your mortgage and visit United Faith Mortgage online at United Faith Mortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, melville New York, analyst number 3030, Ryan analyst
3: number 65233
5: portions of this program may have been pre-recorded
2: is it his time yes!
6: where's your heart
5: turn all the lights on and kill the noise the biz 1440 presents best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go
6: while we're young.
5: Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
7: Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz fourteen forty. Thank you for your time today. Um, we just finished up a job Saturday. Be sure to uh, sign up at uh, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. dot uh, if you have a um, if you have a, a hole in your schedule and you missed the last hour. You really should have been here for that. It's a good it's a good jobs report. We we just been talking about how. The jobs report was full of good news, uh, I thought, except for the wage information, which people thought it was told. And I just saw on, on, on uh, Twitter, uh, Adam Ozmek, who, uh, who tweets under the handle at modeled behavior, um, tweeted, uh, tweeted out that, uh, tweeted out that uh, despite it being a widely told story, It is extremely difficult for month to month job growth to affect month to month average hourly earnings via composition bias. Think about it. The 500,000 or so new workers get a 0.3% weight in an average when added to the 150 million. Yes, but that's thinking that everyone who had a job the previous month has a job this month too. Okay? The the, the, you can also get changes because of changes in the in, in the gross flows of new workers. It's not just a net flow story. So the three tenths percent story is not telling the entire story. Maybe I don't know, but I, I don't know what the gross flow is because it, it'll take us it'll take us months before we get that data. But suppose perhaps that we saw. F- 500,000 additional workers go into leisure and hospitality, all making about minimum wage, while 380,000 workers left there at the same time, and that some of them are, are still looking for work. They're part, of that, they're part of that 963,000 that have quit in the last month to seek a different job. That can mean that that number is being pulled down, by some amount, and and that it's being pulled down. Maybe wages were increased for some folks, but the restaurants that chose not to give raises, that number came down. It, it's not nearly as simple as this particular this particular uh, uh, point is um, is is point. So uh, Adam just tweeted back at me. Um, um, it, it, it's uh, you know I'll, I'll have to tweet back to him during the break because he probably doesn't realize I'm on the air right now. Uh, but I will, in fact, uh, I will, in fact, uh, uh, come. Uh, I'll, in fact, tweet to him during the break. But so we're doing the show live with this guy here. Right. OK, so just saying, Adam, if you happen to have topped over and tuned in six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, seven, seven. We could talk about it live if you like, sir. Uh, i be very happy to do that. But it's a uh, it, 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 thank you. For, thank you for paying attention to a tweet from uh, little old us up here in uh, up here in Minnesota uh really really uh really, uh, really like the uh really like the uh the, the the points you're making but i don't think i have I i don't think you've got enough here to uh actually make that claim um anyway six five one two eight nine four four seven seven the number to call after talking about the jobs report of course charles evans was asked the chair, the uh chair of uh, the president of the uh, Chicago Federal Reserve has asked about what this means for inflation. What does he think going on with inflation? Let's uh, Since we started him at the end of the last hour, let's go ahead and finish him up. Uh, Charles Evans on inflation, cut number eight.
8: Well, I mean, you know, we're at the effective lower bound. We're at zero, and um, with inflation pressures, I mean, CPI at 7.5% uh, year-over-year basis. I mean, obviously, we need to uh, – be moving towards a more neutral monetary policy, certainly by the end of the year, so that we're within striking distance of uh, you know, taking a position that would uh, deal more um, forcefully with inflation if that's necessary. I don't quite think that's necessary, but I have to say we, we need to be uh, positioned for that.
7: So the the Fed, and in particular uh, during Jay Powell's testimony to Congress earlier this week, and I'm not I decided I didn't want to spend, because we've been doing a lot of Jay Powell lately, and I decided I wanted to do something more. But the Evans comment is worth discussing. The Fed seems to be stepping into a a regime in which they were assuming they're going to do 25 at a time. They want to have their, they don't want their hands tied to that necessarily. And Evans is, who I think of as being sort of like in the middle of the range of the Fed president's, Versus the governors who, who typically are a little bit more inflation dovish than uh, the presidents by and large, um, I think of uh, Evans as sort of so Evans might be a little bit more of a hawk on inflation than say the median governor who there who I mean I, I don't want to get into a range of who's where but but you could you could you could think of them in that that way but they're kind of keeping their their they're keeping their powder dry for the time being. Um, uh, they're keeping their powder dry for the time being. And at the same time, we are at the same time saying, "Ah, I don't think I have to do it yet. And then he goes on and gives this one more answer. And this is the one that, 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 that honestly, I wish, I wish I, I wish I was on a, a, a video here so that you could see not only his face, but, uh, but I wish they had had a picture of the face that Steve Leisman had at the same time because this is rather an amazing answer. Um, asked to compare this to previous inflations, and he's not even asked. This We just cut him off in the middle of this because I wanted you to hear that, which seemed like a pretty normal thing, and that he just went down a path that was kind of interesting. Cut number nine, please, Daniel.
8: Let me remind you, I, I have said wrong-footed, and I think that's the right term. It happened very quickly. I mean, January 2021, year-over-year inflation, it was under two percent, around two percent. All of a sudden, by April, we were saying, "Wow, these price increases—we think they're transitory." Used car prices up by 10 percent. Within three months, things turned around. That's not the 1970s story of how inflation got out of hand. You know, remember, the story there is slow increases in the 60s, Fed losing handle on inflation creeping up. Oil price shock takes it up, but then it comes down, but it keeps creeping up. This leaped up. I think there's a lot of supply reasons for that. There is a danger. It's broadening out um, in many ways, and wages are going up. So we, we need to get closer to neutral. Um, you know, before too long, by the end of the year, we need to be close enough so that we can deal um, adequately with whatever inflation pressures we see. And I think we'll see more Evidence by the end of the year as to how the supply pressures are improving. Plus, we've got the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is just impossible to know exactly how that Talk will me- color things.
7: Okay. I, I, I got my head in my hand. I got my head in my hand. I'm like, what the heck was that? Okay. So, if I understand this right, the president of the Chicago Fed is arguing, first of all, in the 1970s we really screwed up we really should have seen it coming because it came on so slowly right and it's like so yeah I'm, I'm thinking of Mark Twain and the frog but I you know I think it's kind of like and I could hear, I can imagine Danny like Mark Twain and the frog what's that uh, look it up um, include the word boiling in your in your Google search and you'll you'll find out what I mean but they sort of like saying, hey, this was a very different inflation than the one in the nineteen seventies. Well no nobody. Least of all us, go back and listen to earlier episodes of the of the King Banion Show here on, on at twin dot Go listen to our our podcast archive. We have said very clearly this inflation is not the nineteen seventies inflation. This isn't that this isn't that point. The point is that The point is that you had very reliable people telling you a year ago, more than a year ago, that you were too loose. And you chose not to believe them because you said, yeah, we think it's transitory. And then all of a sudden, sort of like as opposed to someone who's coming across the plane at you and you just choose to not pay attention to them, you're going to say that this inflation like jumped out from behind a tree and it just overwhelmed us. It just took us completely. And I like, I listened to this and I said, you, you, you're joking, right? You're, you're, you're joking because people throughout this period saw that inflation happening. Larry Summers was on, was on wall street week every week. He debated Paul Krugman, not once, but twice. And I think if you were a Fed president and you listened to it, I'm not sure how you decided that Paul Krugman had the better argument. He had an argument. But you chose not to react. You chose to stay, stay in place. And that was just, like, absolutely remarkable to me. Absolutely remarkable. And I, I just, I'm just flabbergasted. By that part. He is correct. Yes, you gotta get positioned to work on things. Yes, the the Ukraine Russia war throws a throws a giant monkey wrench into your planning. There's no question about that. I do think it took fifty basis points off the table for this particular period, although a lot of the move away from fifty started before before the troops had actually crossed the border. But I think the markets assessed correctly that there was going to be military action between Russia and Ukraine and I think they had it figured out days before uh days before that that bizarre press conference two Mondays ago uh or 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 televised meeting of the Security Council in Moscow okay I think they had it figured out before that because you could see the movements happening and thinking about okay if Russia does invade Ukraine what does this mean for Fed Fed policy it means you're going to back off I think they figured that out that's right however However, what I do think happened is what I do think has happened is that that the Fed may have allowed people to get a little further ahead of what they were thinking than they than they should have Um, and has been in terms of getting going from, wow, they might do seven to, hey, no, maybe they're going to do just just three or four. They're going to do three raises and then stop and see where they are. Maybe they're going to do that. We'll see about that. I don't know. I, I didn't want to talk too much about the Fed, but I, we gave you one segment about it. But what I really want to talk about is is some other impacts of this uh, of this Russia Ukraine conflict, including including what you're seeing at the barrel. Let me go. Let me go answer that tweet while you listen to these messages, and we'll be right back after this on the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty.
2: salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or
9: with the free Odyssey app. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's Metashare. Maybe you've heard switching to Metashare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for Metashare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. Metashare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with you can call right now and get a price within 2 minutes a very very smart use of 2 minutes here's the number you need 84457 bible that's 84457 bible 84457 bible
2: the Taxman cometh Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing retirement income and the taxes you pay on that income in retirement. Many retirees are shocked at how high taxes can be after they retire. Don't get caught without a plan. Alan Mike will share with you how to create a tax efficient income strategy. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440 or call them right now at 855 231 6010.
10: Got inflation? not at pj's appliance outlet every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70 percent more at pj's appliance hi this is pj we take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores how by simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand-new scratch-and-dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand-new name-brand refrigerators, ovens, washers, and dryers, and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name-brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at PJsApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com, where every deal is a steal.
11: Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at heganlawoffice.com.
7: Uh, we are on talking about, uh, we talked a little bit about the Fed, but I wanted to get to sort of the inflation side of the story. One of, my, one of our listeners, the, the, uh, the, the uh, famous Narn fan who watched, listens to all of our Northern Alliance shows, our colleagues uh, Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson, over on our sister station, AM 1280 The Patriot, uh, broadcasting 1 to 3 today and tomorrow Uh, I think those are interesting. Uh, Interesting stuff. But uh, Narnfan writes to me, interest rates below inflation means we are practicing communism. No, not really. We are, however, paying people to borrow money, right? Why would we pay people to borrow money? if it wasn't for the fact that there was such a glut of money that if I just held it as cash, its value would decrease even more than if I lend it to you. And so in that world, the problem is I can now invest in things that destroy value. That actually, you know, we get a lot more unproductive investment. It's not necessarily communism. You can get unproductive investment in, in, in other economic systems. But, it certainly is the case that that uh we are encouraging unproductive investment we are encouraging speculation by having negative real rates and it looks like we're gonna have negative real rates for some time to come um so that's a good point so let me let me uh um let me let me just say uh let me so i've had i'm i've had my chat online with adam uh i will uh i will i will leave that i'll leave that That's that point there. If you want to follow along, you can. But I want to talk about something else that's happening right now, and this is the use of sanctions. I'm going to go ahead and talk about talk about this for a while, along a number of lines. When we were visiting last week with Ed Morrissey, and we did a whole two-hour show just about Ukraine. And again, just for bona fides, in case there are new listeners to the show. I worked as an advisor to the National Bank of Ukraine back in the mid-1990s. I wrote a book about Ukraine that uh, was published in 1998. Most of the work I've done since 1998, and in particular since 2000, has been focused on other countries of Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union, and I've really not done very much on Ukraine. Um, I still follow the area. I still have friends from my time there. I lived in Kiev for a year, um, lived pretty close to where I see some pictures coming from of uh, some of the shelling that's happening there so I, I I mean I have I have an emotional reaction to some of what I'm watching and I've, I, and I've chosen and so last week was sort of me indulging in that and I had planned not to say more about it okay I had planned not to but but um, I I've seen a few things that have that, that we talked about last week that turned out different than what I thought. So I, I, I've, I've been on Ed Morrissey's show uh, in the last week and uh, on his podcast back on Tuesday of this week. Uh, had a great time visiting with him. And, and between the Saturday and, the, and, and our recording of the podcast, I think we recorded it Monday, Monday afternoon um, last week, one of the things that I, I said was, I'm you can talk about you know sending jets uh, sending sending anti-tank weapons so on I said I'm not terribly interested in that I'm only interested in two things. what are the nature of the sanctions that they're applying what are the nature of the sanctions that they're holding back from applying I don't have I don't have anything but a casual interested observer's opinion about use of force and no flies on any of that. You shouldn't be interested in what I think about that because i'm just a guy i'm just a guy with a microphone but i want to talk about a couple pieces that took me took me a little bit by surprise the the central bank of russia okay let me back up a little bit president putin clearly understanding the nature of the sanctions that he could face after experiencing them in 2014 with the seizing of uh, seizing of crimea um and, and the declaration of the two autonomous regions, separatist regions in Donetsk and Luhansk, he went. F- President President Putin clearly understood that there were sanctions likely to come, and so he was diversifying the level of assets he he had. We talked a little bit about this last week. We talked more about this on Edge Show, but just to point out, the the Central Bank of Russia had. Parked a lot of assets in other places. It holds about twenty percent of its foreign currency, it, its foreign reserves in gold, in Russia. It's pre, so it's got its gold, physical gold, on in its space, right? Then it's got some yuan-denominated assets because about thirteen percent of their of their foreign reserves are denominated in renminbi and then and parked in parked the, in in the uh, in the in uh, the people's bank of china and then they are and in some in some other banks some commercial banks in china and then the rest of it is scattered around the country scattered around the world he had positioned central bank of russia reserves in the us and germany and france and japan and so forth one by one one by one each of those places have said you can't move that money that those central bank assets are now frozen so while he had about 630 billion dollars in reserves uh at the central bank of russia which is a huge number for them and probably meant that they had months upon months of 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 foreign currency they could use to support the ruble to and and support the war effort and make life a little bit easier for people in in Russia for the citizens of Russia he probably only has access to less than 200 billion of the over 600 he had parked and of that 200 billion a big chunk of it's in gold which somehow he has to be able to move now he's got big swap lines with China. He can certainly get access to reserves on a short-term basis, but China is maybe not the most reliable partner for him to deal with. And it's it's very it's very interesting. But the, but there's another point. And I tweeted this to you. Uh, tweeted out to you at Pound KBRS this morning, a little bit earlier. A uh, post uh, this morning uh, called uh, titled "Safe Haven No More." by uh, Arnold Kling, talking about the fact that, uh, talking about this, this idea that, uh, there th- th- was a piece by uh, John Sindrew in the Wall Street Journal, talking about the fact that, that the dollar is supposed to be a safe asset. The dollar is supposed to be where you hold reserves when you don't have any other choice, you know, to be sure that it maintained its value. Um, these are just computer entries, and with a keystroke, in essence, one by one, the U.S. Treasury and the, Federal- the U.S. Treasury, the Bank of England, the Bank of France, the Bank of Japan, have all said, "Well, you don't have access to that money. You can't. You can't use it." um question in the short run as a reaction to what's happening in ukraine right now that's that sounds fine and it's different for china for china versus versus uh uh, russia because china has approximately five times the level of foreign currency reserves we are we are in essence damaging the safe haven the safe haven nature of the u s dollar, and in some sense we make dollars less in less in, uh, less desirable asset for central banks, particularly central banks and countries that think to themselves, "Hey, there might be a time when the United States is going to have a bad opinion of my country um Suppose you're looking. Suppose you're, you're President Xi, and you say to yourself, "I am interested in, I'm, I'm interested in diversifying my reserves." And as I look at the polls for 2024, and I see that perhaps President Biden might lose, and let's just suppose that uh, that President Trump is the nominee in 24, and it looks like he might win. If you're looking at the assets of the People's Bank of China, do you really want them in dollars? Probably not. Here's the question. What do you put them in instead? Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a highly volatile asset. You're not going to put it there. Euros? The number of euros that circulate that are able to produce enough that have enough debt instruments out there that can be purchased as assets by by the People's Bank of China is simply not sufficient to meet the demand that, that the PBOC might have for those assets. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to get out of dollars because they don't have another place to go. Russia? Russia had already unloaded a lot of their their dollar denominated assets and then moved to euro and to one and to and to gold um, and 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 some other some and some other minor currencies but but really it's just that it's it's it they but and they still have dollars because they probably just don't have an option to get out entirely from dollars um so point being the you know as you look out there um uh, for Russia, even if their reserves were unfrozen, Arnold Kling writes, in their present environment, they'd have difficulty using them. So many companies are refusing to sell to Russia. I was just I was just chatting yesterday with, with somebody here on campus whose spouse works as an engineer. They were working on a project. They were doing design work for a project that was going to be done with a joint venture in Russia. And they decided unilaterally, you know, they said, Look, we'll pay the penalty. We don't care. We don't want to work on this project anymore. We're done. Their are partners in Europe. They call the partner. They say, they say, look, I'm sorry, but as a company, we just don't believe we can work on this project anymore. And we'll pay whatever penalty you want us to pay to you know for, for the work. We'll the work we've done so far, we'll give it to you, and, and here's here it is, but you don't have to pay it. We're done. We just want to be out of this. And apparently the european partner said yeah we we don't want to be part of it either it's cool so yeah you can have dollars but the whole point of a piece of money is where do you spend it and that that my friends is is somewhat interesting but you should ask yourself is the u.s in fact shooting itself in the foot by making the dollar not a safe haven when we decide yeah we don't like you we're not gonna we're not gonna let you use dollars Think about it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Daniel show on the biz fourteen forty.
6: Pro
7: Life Across America. The Billboard Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were. Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder. wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14
2: weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across
11: America is non-political and totally educational.
3: A baby's heart is beating
11: 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America.
7: King Banyan show the biz 1440 Oh, that's a great song too good choices
4: today. 651-289-4477
7: the number to call with questions and comments so the point of the last segment is we've been adopting sanctions I think and they feel good and it seems right to do um and uh, and I think I think that the that maybe we should be thinking a little bit harder about what it is we're doing and being sure that the long-run implications of this really make a make a lot of sense. Um <clears throat> the an, an example of that came to, came out this week in the discussion about the fact that people feel Icky about about we are funding the Russian war machine because we buy their oil, All right? So, Jen uh, Jen Psaki on Thursday um, made a statement during the daily press conference in which in which she said, "Hey, you know what? We're trying. we we're actually have looked at this and we don't think." We really want to do that. She says this cut number one, please, Daniel.
11: Our objective and the president's objective uh, has been to maximize impact on President Putin and Russia while minimizing impact to us and our allies and partners. And I know you've heard me say this a few times before, but we don't have a strategic interest in reducing the global supply of energy. Uh, and that would raise prices at the gas pump for the American people uh, around the world um, because it would reduce the supply available on.
7: And the White House has, you know, said that. It's interesting. I mentioned, I think I mentioned on Twitter, using our hashtag pound KBRS, I got a phone call yesterday from a local radio station. And I'm like, oh, they want to do an interview about gas prices? Okay, that doesn't sound, you know, they're going up. I wasn't sure what they wanted me to say. And it turned out they didn't want me to say anything. It was just basically, hey, I'm just checking with you to see... I'm checking with you to see whether whether you've heard anything about uh, a, a, there's a run on gas stations. It just so happened yesterday morning. I had been out at a meeting and on my way back, the, looked at the car. It's got it's got less than a quarter tank. Um, yeah, I looked at the price at the station. I'm like, my God, ugh, three fifty nine nine. But on the on the other hand, I think to myself, well, prices are only going up. On. So I go ahead and I pull into the gas station. There's one that's got 12 pumps. Only one other pump was taken. So I can tell you what, there is no run of run at the gas station. In the state of Minnesota, and not true everywhere, but in the state of Minnesota, we have a minimum price law, but we don't have a maximum price law. Gas stations can put up the price of gas to the, any extent they want. They just can't undercut other stations uh, by pricing pricing uh pricing gasoline below the cost of their the cost of uh their, their uh distributors uh, uh delivery and and so i looked i said you know yeah prices have gone up it's pretty clear that uh, the stations are trying to restrict the, the amount of gas used but there's no run going on here i don't see that and he he, he said yeah i kind of think you're right so i gotta check i said I said maybe the station where you said someone was out of gas, maybe they just got a problem there. Maybe you should just call that, call that store and say, "Hey, what's the story?" Um, and so maybe he did that, or maybe he had. I haven't even looked. I'll go. Look, I'll go look to see if they posted a story uh, to uh, last night about that. Anyway, by Friday morning, it appears the story changed because again, because of our emotional reaction, and I admit I am. I'm subject to that emotion. I have friends from Ukraine who have been posting on Facebook and other social media telling us how horrible things are there and how vicious the the attacks are and and brutal the attacks are. There's no question about that. And it appears that that emotion might be reaching all the way up into the White House. So there was a report uh, on on Bloomberg. Um, Let me... Let me grab that. Let me grab that report for you. Uh, this is Annabelle Hokin-Horden, I think, is her name. She is a, she is a reporter for Bloomberg. Let's just play a little bit of this. Cut number three, please.
8: This was a an extraordinarily strong report
6: The I, I mean, I, I slacked oops, my oops. colleagues. In-
7: Cut three, please. Next one. This is an
5: exclusive scoop from our Bloomberg News colleagues here in Washington that now this is very much so on the table and they are considering this ban of Russian oil imports. We should mention Russian oil imports when it comes to hardcore, just straight crude. It's 3 Mm percent. When you start to factor in some of those other petroleum products, it's about 8 percent. It ranks third behind Canada and Mexico, just ahead of Saudi Arabia. But really, the issue the administration has had with trying to ban oil, exports, imports into the United States is the fact that they just don't want to get rid of that supply on the market because they don't want to see a spike in prices.
7: They don't want to see a spike in prices. How big a spike in prices are we talking about? How big a, you know, how can, how can that be? Again, in the United States, we import about, you know, about 3% of the oil that we bring in here. And I want you to think about why do we do that? Why do we do that? So we have refineries. In order for our refineries to work efficiently, we have to have a steady fl- flow of crude coming into them. We have a set of refineries that are on the West Coast that we've reduced the flow of crude to those places. And so they bring in imported oil, including imports from Russia that are coming out, out of the, the Russian far, West, or far east, excuse me and it over across across the Pacific and into the into the US to be refined in in places along the along the Pacific coast the reason we do that is that we do not we do not have an efficient way that is cheaper for them to get the refined product from Russia than it is for them to get that refined product from uh from say Houston or from the the uh, oil derricks off the coast of louisiana or alabama and why is that it's because we have this little thing called the jones act which says any shipment that has to go between two ports in the united states must be on a us flag carrier which gives which is which is meant to support the shipbuilding industry great but means that if you're a us flag carrier and you have a us flagged oil tanker you're the only you're the only company that can send uh, send something from Galveston over to Long Beach, in order to be in order to be uh, for for that to be refined at uh, the refinery that's there. Right? Even if you're even if you're willing to carry it down or through the Panama Canal and back up the back up the uh, back up uh, alongside Mexico up to the California coast, if you want to use a Liberian tanker, you can't. So because of our own laws, we are actually bringing in Russian gas. And before that, we only used Russian, Russian oil, Russian crude, because what we were bringing before was cheaper. It came from Venezuela. And, of course, we can't do business with them. If you repealed the Jones Act, you could fix this. So what is this costing us? What is this, what is this stupidity costing us? It's not just the Jones Act. There are other reasons too, but... But one impediment, a significant impediment that caused us to decide when we weren't going to bring, when we decided we weren't going to, because of sanctions, we weren't going to bring oil from Venezuela anymore. Where did our West Coast refiners turn? They turned to Russia. They turned to Russia. Rather than turning to Texas and Louisiana because it's too expensive to get oil from Texas and Louisiana, it's cheaper to get oil from Vladivostok to the Pacific coast of the United States than to get it from Galveston or, or off the coast of New Orleans. Back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440.
2: The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
1: decision you can make for your children. To get half-off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff.
11: Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale.
1: We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values.
11: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
1: I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger, and they're better equipped for life.
11: Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
4: Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
9: You think a lot
6: about your family, your friends, your favorite things to do. But you know what you don't think about? Who's your plumber? Hi, I'm Kayla from Champion Plumbing. And it's okay if the only time you think of us is when something happens. Like your water heater quits on you. At Champion Plumbing, we can usually install a new water heater same day. Who's
2: your plumber?
6: Don't think, just call. Champion Plumbing, online at championplumbing.net. That's
11: championplumbing.net iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more at iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com.
2: Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
7: 7 You got about five minutes to call in if you want to chat. Still on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, King Banging Show. The Biz fourteen forty. So, yeah, it's yucky to import Russian oil, and and the point being, you need to sort of think about compared to what. What would you be? So here's the question: What would you be willing to pay? Right. Can if you still have it, uh, Daniel, play cut number one again. I want you to listen once more. This is Jen Psaki during a press conference on uh, the daily press briefing on Thursday. Cut number one.
11: Our objective and the president's objective uh, has been to maximize impact on President Putin and Russia while minimizing impact to us and our allies and partners. And I know you've heard me say this a few times before, but we don't have a strategic interest in reducing the global supply of energy. Uh, and that would raise prices at the gas pump for the American people uh, around the world um, because it would reduce the supply available. On-
7: so. I thought that was interesting. How much would it cost us? Well, Chris Wheaton from uh, from Stiefel Investment was on. He's an oil analyst for them, and he was on. Uh, I think CNBC. Uh, let me go back. I'm sorry. I got to go back and find out where I got that cut from. Uh, no, from, uh, he was on. Yes, he was on CNBC on uh, y- yesterday, talking about how much this might cost. His estimate will probably make your jaw drop. Cut number twelve.
3: Well, Kelly, it's pretty simple. If you want to cut all of Russia out of the global oil market, and remember, Russia is the world's second largest oil exporter, just behind Saudi Arabia, at about 7.5 million barrels a day, you need to pull all the levers of supply to put on as much oil into the market as possible. But you also need to kill demand, because that supply isn't going to be enough to uh, push all of that 7.5 million barrels a day out of the market. And if you look at where demand destruction kicks in, if you look back in 2008, when oil prices were last, you know, at a peak of you know, 140 $150 a barrel, adjust that for inflation. That's how you get to $200 a barrel today. And that's not a price that really we think the global economy can afford.
7: Cool. Compared to what? The global economy, the global economy can't afford $200 barrel oil let's understand let's understand what's going on here you're engaged in a what what i think of as a i think you can analyze as as in game theory a non cooperative two person game you are you are um um you, you are say president biden or you are chancellor Schultz in germany or you are uh, Ursula von der Leyen uh, from the from the uh, European Union, you you're playing a game against President Putin. What's President Putin demonstrated to you? He's demonstrated to you he's willing to take lots of risk. He's willing to risk his economy. He's willing to make you think that he might be willing to use nuclear weapons. It's the only reason in my mind. I I don't think you can think perhaps that the attack on on the uh, nuclear plant in Zaporizhia. It is an accident i don't think it's an accident i think i think that in a game theory sense and there's a great column by tyler cowan on bloomberg opinion this morning on that i'll tweet it to you after the show uh but um uh there's you know i think that there is a lot of a lot of truth to say to 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 the idea that that president putin's trying to make you guess whether or not he's willing to escalate and he's trying to make his hands look well. And what are you saying on the other hand? You're saying $200 barrel of oil? Yeah, we're not willing to pay that. Let you know. You know, if you're not willing to do that, the whole idea of like a no-fly zone over Ukraine or something like that. I mean, I mean, if you're not even willing to do $200 barrel of oil, then then it's pretty clear you're not very serious about this. Uh, one more cut from Chris Wheaton of Stiefel. Uh, about about those oil prices cut 13
3: please you are talking about having to take um you know, we think not just demand growth out this year are right? you bring that down to zero but probably take another two million barrels a day off the market on top of that wow. if you want to take all of russian oil off the market that takes oil demand back to you know 2017 2018 levels that's a measure of just how much you've got to kill demand if you want to keep russian oil um, off the oil market globally
7: so the, there's your choice. I mean, it, we talked about there being a peace dividend. Well, there's a price to war, and we're not willing to pay it in in, in in human beings. I think it's wise, and who who am I to say it would not be? It would not be me going. It be it could be my son. It could be it won't be my grandson because he's only he, he's he's still in first grade. Uh but he's, you know, but uh, but it could be one of my children. And I think we, we've said that. But, but my point being being here, we are in the middle of making some emotional decisions, be it cutting off the, the, the Central Bank of Russia from reserves or threatening to stop importing oil from them and killing that demand. Even if you can get everybody else to participate, and that's an open question, that's politics and foreign relations, and I don't know a whole lot about that. Even you can do that the only way you could actually have Russia not send oil to the United States and to the rest of the West is to is to reduce people's consumption of oil and in the short run the only way you can do that is by a sharp increase in the price at this moment you're probably looking at 10 15 20 percent raise in the price of your gasoline right now but it's going to go a lot higher uh over the next next over the next few weeks if we start talking about shutting off the shutting off the pumps that's what's likely to happen in that place so that's what you that's what we need to pay attention to are you willing to pay that price because you're not gonna pay the price that way you're not gonna pay the price another way kind of kind of think you've decided you don't want to win this game We'll be back next week. We'll talk to you here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. It's said
2: that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay
11: ahead of the changing weather.
9: Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com connecting you with new customers.
11: You can now lose your job for refusing to call a biological male she, and confused children are being pumped full of drugs to block puberty. How have we gotten to this point? The compelling new documentary, The Tragedy of Gender Confusion, has now been banned from online streaming. See the program the corporate media wants to hide from you. Get the DVD at SalemNowStore.com.
1: Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police. And nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer, whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested. Don't argue. Don't resist. Don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org
0: Visit maketheconnection.net to find out. The Biz
2: 1440.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.